Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. episode number two of just the headers that's right we're just going in with the headers the headline news from crypto this week um there was a lot of news this week um but as you know if you watched our pilot episode and now you're tuned in to this one we're just going to give you the headlines if you want to dive deeper we will give you a link, just one link, because last week we put every single link in the show description, <laughs> and it looked terrible. I would never go to my website if it looked like that. So we're going to give you one link that gets you access to these articles so you can dive deeper, if you like, in the show notes. I'm joined with Jesse Broke. Hey. He is. I'm going to give you an irrational introduction. I'm Jesse Broke is an up-and-coming member of the Bitcoin Podcast Network <laughs> Slack. He's, he's an, he's an aspiring citizen of the East Coast of the U.S. Um, marvelous hairline. <laughs> marvelous hairline. Um, just feet on the ground, head in the clouds. That's the entire spectrum of altitude, if you're wondering. Uh, our co-host, Jesse Broke. <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful, colorful introduction. <laughs> You're very welcome. I feel like I undershot it. You <laughs> undershot God. Yeah. I can only imagine I, what overshooting it seems like. I feel like you're more powerful than Thanos' gloves. <laughs> I, I have yet to see that movie, so hopefully. I haven't seen it either. I just know it's a big deal. Like The internet is losing its ability to spoil it for me. Wow. So you know what? I actually saw a picture of. Um, I don't know if you know the anime One Punch Man. I do know One Punch Man. They One they showed Punch. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they showed him facing Thanos, and then that was the picture. That that was it. Wow. If Thanos is that powerful, then I know a lot of Marvel heroes died. So we got we can't spoil the movie. I think that's. I don't want to spoil the movie, but I'll spoil the second Infinity War. Um, <laughs> now that's alert. an even more bigger spoiler. <laughs> the good guys win. Spoiler is that, alert. Is that really true? I don't think it is. I think Thanos actually won in the comic books, but this isn't a show about Marvel. That shows oh, you how right. good their marketing is. It's like they just touch every <laughs> every bit of your life. Like I fucking find myself using Marvel straws or some shit. Um, <laughs> let's get into the news. So this weekend. There were a lot of articles. There were like 25 articles on Saturday and, and like 25 more on Sunday. We're just going to give you three. And we're going to read them off and then we're going to give you some commentary. So the first one that I picked from the batch is uh, Bitcoin.com, our favorite uh, Mr. Ver. This article is written by C. Edward Kelso. It had 10,000 views, 117 comments. Uh, Warren Buffett says, Bitcoin is gambling a game. 
not an investment. Powerful words. <laughs> Is second, that how he actually says it? Yeah, that's what he said. That's oh, the okay. thing he said, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're like, go, go on, go on. The second article from this weekend, uh, it's either Saturday or Sunday, uh, you guess, um, was... Wait, I don't think I clicked the right clicks. Make sure the production level is astounding. <laughs> the second article from this weekend, a 20 megawatt, that's capital M, capital W. Am I right on that, Jesse? That is correct. Bam. This article is written by Samuel Haig. Pretty sure I got that right. 20 megawatt solar farm is set to power crypto mining in rural Australia. For those of you that don't know what rural means, it means out in the boondocks. And the third article. You like that dramatic silence? That was good. Uh, the third article is by Helen Parts, but the icon is actually of a dude. So Cointelegraph, you need to get your stuff together. Unless Helen can be a dude. But I don't think that's the case. It says Charlie Lee, and, it, and he quotes, uh, this is a, sorry, a paraphrase from Helen. It says, uh, he, to make Litecoin more decentralized, he eventually will step away from it. It's got a picture of Charlie Lee in a nice, very dark navy blue polo shirt with a thumbs up. So that's the news from the weekend. You want to go back and kind of give our thoughts on it? Yeah, sure. So um, I don't know. Cool. What did you think about? So Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, you know, I think their inability to comprehend that crypto actually has utility um, is based on the fact that they actually just haven't played around with it. Like if you actually taught, if, if, if Warren Buffett went through crypto zombies or, you know, any tangible application that's being worked on, um, on like, you know, Ethereum or any, any blockchain that actually has some utility, I feel like they would realize it's not just people exchanging tulips like it's it's not just coming into a market buying a product or rather buying you know like something like a security and then just waiting to sell it to somebody else for a higher price like that's that's not necessarily what crypto is about and i think it would take it would take them to actually actively participate in the community for them to realize that and once they get past not understanding it and just viewing it like an outsider i feel like they could actually invest in the community i feel like you're right man i feel like um one i'd pay a shit ton of money to watch warren buffett learn crypto zombies i'd pay money <laughs> for that i'd pay like a 150 dollar ticket for a four-hour sesh of just watching watch warren buffett trying to open google chrome <laughs> like just what is this chrome i see no chrome on this screen there's He's like, nothing silver on the screen. Going <laughs> to better yet, he'll, he'll be like, Bill told me to use Internet Explorer. He came out with this new yeah. Edge browser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for Explorer. I only see Edge. The E looks the same. I'm totally confused. Where's my red tie? Anyways, Warren Buffett, you're a great man. Um, I've read your... So here's where I say you're wrong, Captain Oracle of Omaha. I read your books and applied your strategy to investing in crypto. It helped me a lot, and I treated it as an investment, and I even took my gains when the investment proved fruitful. 
I read your books and use your strategies to help myself invest in this risky asset. Asset. So <laughs> I don't know what an asset is, but you helped me invest in this risky asset in a very smart and strategic manner, which only leads me to believe that all of your commentary is to add uncertainty to markets and you don't make money off of certain markets. You make money off of uncertain markets. And I guarantee, I, I'm willing to put my neck out and think that of the umpteenth branches of the things that you own, one of them ha- owns a lot of crypto. And so you are inoculated from the ebb and flows that the rest of us are because you're that wealthy. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter what you think about things. Because you're- <laughs> <laughs> that's, probably, that's, that's probably the truth. Like, he really doesn't need- you care about anything anymore. You don't have to care about anything. You make money no matter what happens in the world. That's how wealthy you are. So thanks for your opinion. You don't know what the hell you're talking about because I really you probably don't even know what a game gear is. Do you know what a do do you know what technology is? I don't know if you <laughs> know these things, Mr. Buffett. It's cool that you're rich and all, but you've got a track record of not knowing about technology, so Anyways, keep adding uncertainty because, hell, I make off with that too, so thank you. Um, the next article, Solar Farm by, can I please say this, Hadouken. <laughs> can you say it like in the old video games? I can. I just want to see if you can. Hadouken? I thought it was Hadouken. Hadouken. Yeah. Hadouken. Hadouken. <laughs> like it's Street Fighter. Hadouken. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, That's what I was thinking immediately. So, yeah, like apparently Ryu's been busy, guys. He took time off of doing Shaw Yukins <laughs> in the waterfall, and he created his very own company, Hadouken Pty Ltd. Uh, I should probably know what these acronyms mean, but whatever. So, what do you think? Solar power plus mining—is it a victory or is it bullshit? Uh, it depends where the money's coming from to build all this, right? If he has people who, I guess, uh, are early investors, like the way that they set up the uh, renewable, um, the renewable crypto farms up in, I think, was it Seattle? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if he if he kind of applied the same uh, business model in Australia, then I mean, more power to him. But I mean, he's not really exposed himself. Then he's kind of I mean, it's a it's a slowly growing, slowly growing asset class that I mean, all you're doing is you're just it's it's not necessarily a Ponzi, but like creating a crypto farm is pretty pretty Ponzi like. But I don't know. Is it? I mean, not if you're mining crypto that makes I don't know, man. If you're mining it for yourself, it's not Ponzi, right? It's not it's not Ponzi when you're mining it for yourself, but if you use other people's money to mm-hmm. build the infrastructure and then taking a cut, I guess I think we have to be I don't know. I think this industry is so Ponzi. We're we're quick on the Ponzi, like we we uh we really shoot the load on the word Ponzi pretty quick. That's that's probably true. Maybe I should retract calling it a Ponzi. Maybe I should say it's a it's more closer to um it's more closer to buying an asset 
like real estate and not necessarily appreciating, allowing it to appreciate and flip it. I guess you're, you're kind of letting, I, I guess you're capitalizing on the slow appreciation of the asset actually versus renting it out to people. And you're kind of hedging your exposure to, to crypto by running the actual infrastructure surrounding it. It's like an, like an exchange. Like an exchange doesn't need to own crypto. They just need to tax a percentage of the trades that are flowing through it, right? Like it's just selling the shovels. They're not necessarily looking for gold themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what a crypto farm kind of feels like, mm-hmm. feels similar to, just like an exchange. You ever wonder about the one cat that found gold inside of the oil that he struck? Oh my God, did that ever happen? I feel like that would be like just a miracle. Sorry, that was a bad, that was a big tangent, but you mentioned like gold mining and selling pickaxe, and then my brain was like, what if you just <laughs> got both with one strike? Is that really like, is that a, is that a real thing? Is that a story that happened? It's probably not. I'm just wondering like, <laughs> if it ever like, was. Like, can you imagine being that guy? Just you like, find gold when you're looking for oil? No, like you find oil when you're looking for gold. Like, say you swing it at pickaxe, right? You just spent a good chunk of change, get that nice pickaxe, and you swing it, bing, you hit a hole, and then oil shoots out, but it's sparkly oil, and then you grab it, and you're like, holy shit, there's gold yeah, inside that's pretty, of the that, oil. Yeah. That yes. Would be, that would be just the, the life. <laughs> anyways, I just went on to end it. Let's talk about the article a little bit more. Mr. Tan, it's actually not Ryu. Um... He indicated that his company will mine Bitcoin in addition to other cryptocurrencies. With the local muto quoting Mr. Tan describing Kali, Australia as an excellent spot for a solar farm. So that quoted other cryptocurrencies, there's an underbelly to mining. Like they're the quietest pocket of people in this entire community. And I think there is so much dirt that goes on in mining, but nobody is willing to put the neck out to like say anything or put a light on it. But those other cryptocurrencies are like, they're pre-mines. They're like pre-mining tokens and guaranteeing their spot in a wealth increase and selling the shit out of those tokens and caving markets. I think that's just my theory. I don't know if it's right or wrong. It just feels right. Cause some, you know, something doesn't make sense. Somebody's making dollars. So, hmm. But anyways, next article. If you like more about that article, read about it in the show notes. I love saying that. I feel like such a king. Read it in the show notes. All right. I have some fun coming to the house. I'm going to take a small break. We're going to go into some elevator music in a second. But Charlie Lee, <laughs> what do you think? He, um... He, he first he sells his Litecoin at the top and everybody's thinking in their head they're like wait a second that's crazy you timed that really well and now he's saying to step away from Litecoin and make it more decentralized um, would that make it more decentralized or is that just him saying you know what I'm kind of tired of working on this shit I want to go work on other, I want to go work on other things I mean, we, yeah, we talked about this and it's just like, I mean, you could, you could take either 
either point of view, whether he's just profiting and taking his profits and leaving the project because he's bored, or if he's almost like Roger Veer in the way that they he probably wants Litecoin to succeed as much as Roger wants Bcash to succeed. And so Charlie Lee is boosting both Litecoin and Bitcoin by creating, I guess, this this false narrative of him step, stepping away from Litecoin in order to bring it up when in fact he's just he's just causing volatility in the markets, right? Maybe. Maybe that's all he's trying to do. That's all anybody tries to do, cause volatility. Or maybe to play devil's advocate to that view is maybe nobody's really trying to do anything. He's just trying to chill and walk away from he's trying to live. <laughs> like, that's, that's all we needed to say. Like, Stop saying things, Charlie. Just be like, look, man, I just want to live. Like, I just want to live. Like, I, you see me making cartoons. I'm making <laughs> cartoons, man. Leave me alone. I just want to live. Like, that's why my hat's off to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Aziz Ansari. Is because he wrote, the, he did this whole news article about him saying, like, you know what? I've made all this content. I've done all this stand-up. It, I'm done. I'm just, I'm just done for a while, everyone. I'm going to go live. Did he really like, say that? Yeah, he did. It was a very long article. Um, so he's know. not it doing... Was like, it was not Forbes. I think it was a GQ article. And he and Aziz Ansari was like, I'm going to do exactly what I want when I want. I'm not doing anything on anyone's dime. You want me to do more stand-up? I might do it. I might not. You want me to make another show? Nah. Wow. Yeah, like he's just... I mean, I agree that if you do enough hard work, leave. Like go enjoy your time. Be just go live. That's yeah. And now, girl from Iponimo will start because I've got to go pick up my grub. Shout out to Uber <laughs> Eats. Coisa mais linda, mais cheia de graça Bela menina que vem, que passa Num doce balanço, caminho do mar Moça do corpo dourado, do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado é mais que um poema É a coisa mais linda que eu já vi passar ah, porque estou tão sozinho Ah, porque tudo é tão triste Ah, beleza que existe A beleza que não é só minha Que também passa sozinha se ela soubesse que quando ela passa O mundo sorrindo se enche de graça E fica mais lindo por causa do amor Like a samba that swings so cool and sways so gently. 
sitting on my kitchen counter. It's going to be delicious. I hope you enjoyed Girl from Iponima. It's an amazing song. It's a classic. It's literally the perfect elevator music. Now that we're back, Jesse, yeah, did you read off Monday's headline? All right. So the news for Monday. We have the first item of the day for Monday. Coindesk MasterCard seeks patent fast track for blockchain navigation. So what that entails is uh, MasterCard is actually looking at uh, synchronizing data on the blockchain faster so that it could probably use blockchain uh, for the way that it secures your actual credit card data. Um, it looks mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the payments firm says this, the verification of such a large number of blocks may take a significant amount of time during which new blocks may be added to the blockchain, further delaying the ability for the new node to participate. Thus, there is a need for a technical solution to increase the speed at which a blockchain may be navigated for verification thereof, which can thereby reduce the time required for a new node to begin participating in the blockchain. So this is kind of in line with what Ernst & Young is doing as well. Um, they're trying to look at ways to internalize blockchain and use it for corporate, um, for the way that they handle um, transaction settlements internally and also audit for Ernst & Young. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, next news, just to go through the next two pieces of news real fast. Mm -hmm. uh, 
cryptocurrencies tripled in 2017, Japanese regulator says. Crypto, uh, cryptocurrency in Japan, I guess the, the federal agencies in Japan, specifically Japan's Consumer Affairs Agency, CAA, um, disclosed that the country's uh, actually spiking in interest in search queries regarding cryptocurrency. And so to get ahead of, to get ahead of the, uh, the popularity in the search, um, they're actually looking at trading platforms and um, looking at ways that they can actually, um, I guess, maybe help encourage the opening of additional exchanges. Mm. And they're actually they're actually uh, giving some statistics as far as age groups and uh, demographics. It looks like they're saying in the article. Consumers in their 40s and 50s dominated the pool with 510 and 488 cases um, versus uh, the other age groups of 60s, 20s, and over 70s. Um, so it looks like it looks like Japan is heavily trying to track the where the where the industry where the money is going as far as retail investors' mm-hmm. money. Because they're the ones that keep dropping the fucking ball. Excuse my language, but like Malgox, then Malgox 2.0. Then you've got, I mean, come on, man. Like, well, no, it's not their fault. Like, it's like, okay. I can't say it's Japan's fault. That's a very boisterous claim. Japan, the whole country, it's your fault. No, (laughs) I just think that because this is a, this isn't, this is a realistic reaction to all of the strife that's been caused by cryptocurrency in that country. They want to know. Like they're 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 keeping the data, they're they're tracking things, they're trying to figure out where the money's coming in, where it's going, and they're just reporting the data as is. And if there's a boost of people that are inquiring about crypto, then that's a thing. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, it, the article goes on to say uh, a typical kind of inquiry that the CAA receives is from parents um, raising concerns over whether their teenage sons, specifically, say, 19-year-old son here, should start crypto trading, uh, cryptocurrency trading, even though legally <laughs> he wouldn't need their permission to do so. It's the cutest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, I'm worried... My son's into this crypto thing. I don't know what it is. Is it the same as spray paint? He was really into spray paint three years ago. <laughs> he, he got he got crazy into this thing called trap music. Trap music. Is this going to hurt my son? Tell me about this crypto. <laughs> uh, seriously, though. I mean, that's what the article is saying. I, you know, um, that's so fun. That's maybe. so human. Yeah, that parents trying cute. to look out for their children, right? That's so cute. Like, <laughs> is this going to be as harmless as Tamagotchi, or is this going to be as harmful as that drug cheese? We need <laughs> to know. <laughs> cheese was a drug in, like, Texas. Like, I think it was, like, orange-looking meth that was taking people out left and right. Because nothing says it's good for you, like, orange-colored crystals snorted through your nose or injected through your veins, but... It's called oh, cheese wait. or something like that. I thought I thought you were talking about like 
like spray cheese, like in a can. No, that's delicious. It's still not good for you. It causes <laughs> cancer, but that's delicious. I thought they're getting a high off like the inhalant, the aerosol uh, chemical. I don't know. You know how people inhale air now? Yeah. I thought no, you, like I thought the you can inhale the duster smoke. The dust Oh yeah, like, yeah, the duster smoke. one. Yeah. That's what it was. And but cheese was like a cheese was let me stop talking at a at a, <laughs> I've never heard of stop, cheese before. Putting tongue tongue out of mouth here. I'm talking tongue out of mouth. Let's just Google <laughs> cheese, the recreational drug. All right, cheese, a heroin-based recreational drug. It came to the attention of the media inside and outside the U.S. states. A string of deaths among adolescents whose mothers didn't care enough to ask about the cheese to the government. Between 2005 and 2007, as of 2012, the drug use is now among older people who were teenagers. <laughs> and they're still using it. This is what the article says. Wait, so it's a, it's a form of heroin? Yeah, it's a form of heroin. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Looks like powdered cheese. It's kind of burnt. <laughs> um, so All right. So, the, so I guess the last, yeah, the, yeah. the last article for, uh, for Monday. Uh, CFO boost, question mark. EY predicts blockchain could change C-suite role. Mm. So EY being Ernst & Young. Mm. Um, so big four professional services firm, Ernst & Young suggests that blockchain technology could transform the firm's finance operations and redefine the role of chief financial officer in a report published last week. Mm. He goes on to say, blockchain could revolutionize the way finance function operates. It will arm the CFO with tools and capabilities to allow him or her to become a key business partner in the strategic planning process while running a very efficient and trustworthy operation. So I don't know if we want to dig into this a little bit more, but I don't know exactly what a CFO does. Do you? Chief finance officer? Yeah. They're basically like the super accountant, right? So if there's a regular accountant, he's the uh -huh. guy, he's got the green hat on, the glasses, and he's typing away, crunching numbers. Then there's the super accountant where he's like at least eight feet tall. And he, no, I'm kidding. Um Chief financial officer leads me to believe that it's somebody who cares about what's going in and what's coming out of the entire company. But they also make the decisions about how you should like take away money from what's coming in. So let's just get the definition of chief financial officer for our <laughs> listeners. Um, it's a hell of a title, right? Because you not only are you a chieftain. But you are worried yeah. about the finances, and you're official as fuck because you're a chief financial officer. So let's just get our quick definition: uh, chief financial officer or chief financial and operating officer, Oper officer of a company that has primary responsibility for managing the company's finances, financial planning, financial risks, record keeping, financial reporting. In some sectors, the CFO is responsible for analysis of data. So if you guys are taking all this in, and as you go research all these cryptocurrencies you want to buy into, and you go look at the team, and you see the CFO, that person is deciding what the money's doing. Uh, in the UK, the typical term for CFO is finance director, FD. 
The CFO like, typically reports. You like that? I, I like that accent. That was pretty good. The CFO typically reports <laughs> to the chief executive officer and the board of directors. So, in a nutshell, like if you take an accountant and you give him like Barry Bonds level of steroids into his brain, uh-huh. he's a CFO. <laughs> okay. I mean, I I understand. It's just, I guess, I, I don't necessarily know what the day-to-day life of a CFO is because I've never been a CFO. I think it, if you make it to CFO, man, you're going to have a whole lot of gray hairs, a whole lot of responsibilities. I mean, they're, they're I think more than anything, they're watching the costs, right? They're making sure nobody's spending more money than they should be spending because the CFO is the guy who says like, hey, remember that goal we had eight months ago financially? Well, we're five months into that goal, and we're three months behind. Our ca- we're not as cash flow positive as we should be. So what are you guys doing? Like, they're the person that reminds you where the money's going. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's that whole spiel about CFOs, and Ernst & Young uh, thinks that blockchain could basically make them not as important as they are. So... <laughs> I think we kind of read and covered the article in one swoop there. We're getting better at this already. Episode two. We're getting so good at this again. So let we're, let's move to let's move to uh to Tuesday. To Tuesday. Alright. Um so Tuesday the first article, the headline I'm just gonna zoom through, then we're gonna give a comment. The Japanese, this is written, uh, Kevin Helms has uh, 6.4 thousand views. Uh, Japanese regulator confirms eight crypto exchanges want out and 100 want in. Mm. So, yeah, a lot of people like Japan. Um, The next headline. The Hong Kong government. Sorry, this this uh, headline is written by Molly Jane Zuckerman. I hope like by this show puts art puts like journalists on the map. I hope that actually be pretty good. I, I should start prefacing when I read off the title. I should say who it's from, and then also do the view count, just like you're doing. It's probably actually useful. Yeah, we should put like uh, we should try and put some journalists on the map. Why not? Who else is doing it? Just the journalists themselves. So this is by Molly Jane Zuckerman. Um, 20,000, 20.4 thousand views, 432 shares. Um, Hong Kong government report says Bitcoin poses medium to low risk. It's funny they said medium to low instead of low to medium. Going backwards. Because they, low, that, it sounds like you're getting lower, right? It's decreasing in risk, maybe. I don't know. We're going to find out when we dive deeper. Medium to low (laughs) risk in financial crime. And the last article that we chose to go over um, was written by Annalise Milano, our favorite. You know what I'm starting to think about Annalise? She's writing just a ton of articles in a week and just scheduling it. She's doing it right. She's got to be doing it. I see her name all over the internet. All right, Annalise. Milano. She says, another PayPal co-founder is embracing blockchain's seismic shift. Look at that qualifier. Seismic. We're talking plate tectonics, (laughs) y'all. Seismic shift. 
So let's go back to the first article. Japanese regulator confirms eight crypto confirm, eight crypto firms don't like Japan. A hundred do. Here's a quote. Eight deemed virtual currency exchange companies announced the intention to withdraw registration applications. One company confirms that it does not fall under the virtual currency exchange industry as a result of grasping the actual situation in detail, whatever that means. So I guess seven of them are like, I'm totally out. And one of them is like, mm, this is pretty much my two weeks notice. I'm, it's going to take a whole lot of whining and dining to keep me around. Mm. So strict measures. There's a financial watchdog has has detailed the number of administrative penalties that have been issued so far. Five crypto exchanges have received business suspension orders, while seven business improvement orders, excluding CoinCheck. A total of 14 orders have been issued, one on January 29th, seven on March 8th, three on April 6th, one on April 11th, one on... You get the point. Jeez. Among the hundred hundred companies wanting to enter the space was CyberAgent, which operates the internet TV station Abema TV, um, and the internet advertisement business, which boasts the largest market share in Japan. So, I don't know. What do you think? I I I don't know. I don't actually know. To be honest, like. I feel like I mean, it doesn't affect us at all. We're not Japanese. <laughs> I mean, it, that, that, like, I mean, that's the truth. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth right there. I don't give a damn what happens in Japan. Just keep shipping them PlayStations, baby. That's all. <laughs> that's all we care about. <laughs> I mean, that's good for Japan, but they've always been saying that, like, oh, you know, this this store is now adopting crypto, and you know, they're a, a large retail um, front. So it's like. A hundred companies are looking to seek entering the market. Great, you know, eight are wanting to leave. Okay, that means there's a net positive in Japan. Yeah, you know, crypto crypto is being widely adopted. It seems like in Japan. Um, I agree. But without us being there, you know, it's hard to. I agree. I don't know. Yeah. But I stick to my story. Keep shipping out them PlayStation Pros, baby. That shit <laughs> is great. That system is amazing. Okay, so. The other article, Hong Kong, says, hey, crypto's not that big of a deal, man. doesn't really hurt much. Here's a quote. There does not seem to be any visible impact affecting the overall risk in Hong Kong so far. The risk of VCs is assessed as medium to low. So what this says is that, like, you guys know this. You, you, you listeners know this. Like, if you're going to invest in something. Okay, let me just ask you, Jesse. If you're going to invest in something, what is something that you care about, like it is a paramount um, aspect of the investment that you are going to make sure is optimally low. Well, it depends. Like, you know, you have all types of different investments. You have more high risk and you have more low risk. Cryptocurrency happens to be one of those low risk because it has a high probability of uh, a high return, right? I thought it was high risk. The high, highly volatile it's a high risk, but if you look at the, again, it's just it's forecasting the low possibilities risk, of high returns. Re- I see what you're saying. Right? It's actually so, low risk, high reward, because you spend so little upfront and have the opportunity to make so much. Right. So it's a high risk 
endeavor, but you can spin that as a possible, like, I mean, it, you could spin it as low risk depending on how you look at it. Uh, again, and then not, not put you know, a large, such a large percentage of your asset portfolio in it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The key word here that we were trying to get to was risk, right? It's risk. Right. Like, you know, it's like if somebody tomorrow were like, Hey man, if you give me five hundred dollars, I'll turn it into fifty thousand. The first thing I would say would be, <laughs> please go fuck yourself, sir. Please. Um <laughs> the second thing I would say is like, wait, when you're done there with yourself, what is this thing? What kind of risk am I looking at here? This is like it's <laughs> a sure deal or not? Is it a sure deal or is it a piece of crap? And I think the more money you have, the more time you have to spend investing in figuring out how sure of a deal it is. Right? Or or is people, I mean, venture capital money shotguns things, right? They they put a little bit of an investment in like, you know, fifty thousand dollars into a small idea and a person who's technically skilled and you know, that's how you have the idea of um incubators, right? So you shotgun a bunch of different ideas with, you know, relatively low amounts of money and hoping for mm -hmm. a higher payout. You distribute your risk. <laughs> yeah. You could say. Yep. This is an educational show. I'm learning a lot about myself and the world. So, <laughs> um, it's your turn to read the headlines next. So I hope you're ready. So All right. Um, I'm ready to do this. All right. This, so the oh, first. Wait, wait, wait. What? We still what? got one more. Oh, you have one, another one? Yeah, like a, the PayPal co-founder. Remember, he's embracing blockchain's seismic shift. The earth is moving <laughs> because of blockchain. Here's a quote. It's a promising sign for the. And you know, there's a sidebar, but I love how articles are written in 2018. Like it's so systematic. It's like I can scroll down. I can find my quote. I can go yeah. find another quote. Here's a bit of information with some numbers. I guess that's just writing in general. But anyways, uh, here's the quote. It's a promising sign for the entire ecosystem that people with this level of experience and talent are starting to work on blockchain-related projects. So this is nothing new. If you've been in crypto for any shake of a dog's tail, um, a lot of smart people with years of experience and talent are like, you know what I want to do? Work on crypto because this other shit is boring. I'm out. So, um, I noticed I down here in the toward the bottom of the article, it mentions um, uh, Reddit co-founder or Reddit founder Al Alexis Ohanian. Is that mm -hmm. how you pronounce his name? Ohanahan. Nah, that says Ohanian. I know. I just wanted to be. <laughs> Former Y Combinator partner Jerry, or no, sorry, Gary Tan. That's Gary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and venture capital firm Foundation Capital. So, yeah, Y, y Combinator is one of those incubators um, mm -hmm. companies that I, I am familiar with, I guess. Um, but I yeah, got actually I, embarrassed on it. I didn't know what Y Combinator was two years ago when I was yeah. interviewing somebody, and he was like, this project is uh, – this product is this this project is a product of the Y Combinator, and I was like, "Cool, is that like uh, behind the X Combinator?" And he was like, "He was like, what? What do you? It's the Y Combinator. Everybody knows about the Y Combinator." Uh, I was like, uh, "Okay, man, all right." 
Anyways. So, so, so all I know is so like just to give a little bit of uh, background of what I know about Y Combinator. I don't even know um, too much, but Justin Sun, the guy who who made Justin TV and Twitch, he mm. is one of the co-founders of Y Combinator. Mm, really? Yeah. So like everybody's connected. Everybody's really connected. It's a smaller world than we think, isn't it? I I think so. As far as tech, as this tech sphere, I don't think. I think crypto has a huge influence and it's drawing a lot of, just like the articles mentioning, it's draw, drawing a lot of experience and talent into it. I hope one day somebody says that about me. Like if I go into a project and they're like, this is a <laughs> severe amount of experience and talent entering this, this workforce here. They're just going to call you out by name. Yeah. I can only imagine they'll just not do that though. Like, this guy made a this guy made a podcast or whatever. He he got here lucky. He, he got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here he is. He makes a podcast. That's what he has to offer the world. So God. not very much talent. That'll that'll that's, nah. nah. <laughs> that's what we were talking about before. Yeah. That's, okay. Fuck you, you gotta, people. Like yeah. call shit. That's lucky. It's not actually luck. Yeah. It's actually years of preparation and skill. Skill and opportunity, baby, is <laughs> equal to luck. Skill plus opportunity. All right. Let's go into Wednesdays. All right. Your turn. All right. Let me close that tab. All right. So the first article for Wednesday is historic Korean peace declaration recorded on Ethereum blockchain. You know, I actually read this. Um, it's written by author Wolfie Zhao. And it has 691 Twitter mentions. And I don't actually see a visible amount of views on this article. Do you? Uh, I do not. I do not. Huh. Okay. So they're keeping that hidden. This is from a news article from Coindesk. And mm -hmm. uh, the mentions... Oh, I guess I, let me read through the other headlines real quick before we dig into that one. So that was one of them. And the next headline has to do with BMW, auto manufacturers. Um, BMW, Ford, GM, world's largest automakers form blockchain coalition. Mm -hmm. What could that be about? That is actually interesting. I want to dig into that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third one, um, a new Facebook Messenger malware is targeting crypto users. Oh, and it has your author, your favorite author, Annalise Milano. She's doing work, Annalise. Such a power name, too. Wow. And before, I forgot to mention, the second article was written by uh, a guy named Ian Allison. Uh, for those of you that want to go ahead and look up that article. Ian's um, got so, a driver license photo in his author profile. <laughs> it actually is. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that shows you how many fucks Ian gives about writing these articles. <laughs> Post the photo. It's like, guys, ah, my driver's license laying out. I was filling out forms earlier. <laughs> Here we go. I'm a new reporter on Coindesk. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they needed his driver's license for the W-2. <laughs> <laughs> and just then they asked him card. for a picture and he was like, just use the driver's license. <laughs> You've already got it. You don't need any more pictures. Okay. Let's go back and review. 
Okay, rewind. Um, so back to the first story that I read off. Mm -hmm. Historic Korean peace declaration recorded on Ethereum blockchain. So the report actually says uh, a Korean named Ryu Gi-hyuk, a 27-year-old game developer from South Korea, has coded the Pan Munjom Declaration, which includes the line, in quotes, there will be no more war on the Korean peninsula in both Korean and English and stored both versions in two Ethereum transactions. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's um cool. that's that's actually really cool. Um that's mm -hmm. using Ethereum to store pieces of history. That, I, uh -huh. I I used to follow this guy named Jimmy D'Angelo and he used to talk about there could there's a possibility of a new echelon of time. Like we have BC and we have AD, but then we could have like something that's blockchain related where we have this this um BBC before Bitcoin. Before Bitcoin, <laughs> after Bitcoin. But like something blockchain related because we now have this global timestamp that we're supposedly able to keep. This global uh -huh. timestamp. And so it's a new echelon history where we have a universal clock that can like timestamp events. And it's very interesting that um, this guy Ryu, Ryu's doing a lot. So so not only is he shrawukening waterfalls after he beats <laughs> in Bison and creating Hadouken limited liability companies, he's also putting <laughs> Korean declarations of into, of uh of uh of war of war resolutions. Of war resolution on the blockchain. So Ryu is a busy man. Um that's kind of cool. But the funny thing is, is like how everyone's going to brush under the rug the permanence of blockchain whenever Korea does go to war again, if they do. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then yeah, there's going to be poor Ryu like, look, here's the block. <laughs> here's, here's the block height where I put this resolution. Oh, We're not supposed to be bombing each other. Remember, like that's bad. It says there will be no more war and we're. We're warring. This is not right. This is against the blockchain. <laughs> Anyways. God. Well, All that's right. a cool thing. Um, next story. This is okay, the one so. you peeked up on, the BMW Ford. Yeah. What, do, you, do you have any idea what it's about? I without, don't. Without reading it? Okay. I don't, but I do like the word coalition. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so go ahead. Dive deep into this. Let's give the All readers right. or listeners a... Uh, Something to, to take home. All right, here we go. So four of the world's largest car makers have joined tech providers and startups to form the biggest ever consortium, 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 mm -hmm. focused on applying blockchain tech in the automotive sector. Announced Tuesday, the Mobility Open Blockchain Initiative, Mobi, has revealed founding members, including BMW, Ford, General Motors, and Renault. Also present among the ranks are the car parts manufacturers Bosch and ZF, as well as major companies, Accenture, IBM, and blockchain industry groups, Consensus oh, Hyperledger. Consensus and Hyperledger? Damn. Uh-oh, this is a big deal. How does this, how do we skip this one? Well, car parts manufacturers Bosch. Like, I have a friend who works for Denso, and Bosch and Denso are one or two, depending on the year. 
they're the biggest car parts manufacturers. So that's pretty cool. Mm. You know, uh, Wabi, the Wabi token. What's Dude. Wabi? Wabi. Um, I guess they're using it to track products. And so I'm curious if they're going to potentially use blockchain to track car part products. Mm. I wonder. Yeah, I don't. I, I wonder if that's what this is going to turn into. Because why else would like what really like why does BMW, Ford, and GM need blockchain other than for inventory related? I don't know pursuits. Inventory and security, man. As cars get smarter, you have to p- spend more money on securing them, most likely, right? But I mean, that's still not the best way to update your your the firmware on your car, like through blockchain, is it? No, I mean, like it, it doesn't make sense that it would a be very crappy way to update update your firmware. So, like, why? Would, what would they do? Um. Crypto car wallet. What is that? This up uh, okay. this this article's getting deep. We might need to take this to the flagship and re re explore. So wait. A crypto Chris car. Here. Oh, this is something I talked to Corey about on the show when we were talking. We I was saying, like, man, like I hate because there was a point in time where I was going through a lot of tolls for my job. Oh, you know? yeah. And I yeah, was like, I go. hate tolls. Like, why can't I just drive through and my car pays the toll? I just put I load some money up in my car. And then it pays the toll as I go. And then when Enterprise running, has that though. They do. Enterprise Hertz, yeah, they have that on their car rentals. They say that you know you just have to drive through the tolls, and it automatically tracks all the tolls that you pass through, and then they'll charge that to your bill when you return the car. So that's a thing already. Yeah. So, so just make it so that I don't have to pay that service, and I just load up my car with some of my money, and uh, my car pays the toll. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want the middleman fee that I know exists. I just want my car. Interesting. To to pay the toll. This is interesting stuff, man. This is crazy. This is crazy blockchain shit right here. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> what does this say? Like down in the article, I just kind of sorry. We might be spending a little bit more time than we have on the other articles, but this is kind of interesting. The car is the fourth screen in the next big data battleground. It's a trillion dollar prize. What is that? that? What? No. Let's Internet's think. original sin. What is this about? Let's think about this, though. Cars start driving themselves. If we're not people, humans are naturally lazy, right? Cars start driving themselves. You don't have to drive it anymore. What can you do? Look at your 25 inch screen in your computer, in your car, and shop or mm-hmm. watch Netflix. Or Hulu for some of you lames out there. Um, I'm kidding. Hulu has great offerings. The true lames are on Amazon Prime. And so it looks like, yeah, I mean, I'm just reading what's above that quote, not to step over what you're saying, but like you, you were mentioning before, uh, information is going to be the new oil. Yeah. The last podcast. And it looks like in the article here, the paragraph says, but while the car is the next data battlefield that Apple, Google, and Amazon are fighting over tooth and nail, Moby sees blockchains offering a powerful tool for decentralization. Moreover, that data, once it is shared, can conceivably deliver benefits to society, such as improving road safety and reducing congestion. Everybody wants that data, 
Apple has their CarPlay. Amazon is putting Alexa in the car. Microsoft Azure has their car system. Google's got theirs. Uh, and then, like you were saying, the quote from uh, Ballinger saying that the car is the fourth screen in the next big data battleground. Yeah. Uh, that's that's interesting. Like, if you sell your car data, is that that's that's where they're trying yeah. to position themselves into? BMW I actually did an announcement stuff. a long time ago on people that are trying to allow the consumer to monetize their travel data in their car. Um, that was a good company. I hope they're doing well now. I haven't kept tracks so on, kept kept up on them. I but... mean, I yeah, there are tons of sensors in cars nowadays. Like, I mm-hmm. one of the classes I took um, in school was. Uh, vehicle electronics and i i mean i had to become to some degree familiar with a lot of the different sensors within the car and there is a ton of them yeah but What's yeah cool is like if i mean traffic I, I watched this video many moons ago on like why traffic is traffic and it had uh-huh. a bunch of cars it was 30 cars driving in a circle and they're all going the same speed and without a doubt there just starts to be congestion. It just takes like very minute overcorrections or very minute applications of the brakes. They cause a ripple effect, which is causes just a further ripple effect, and then boom, you have traffic. Right. If yep. if all the cars could communicate with each other perfectly, then you wouldn't have traffic. You just have a bunch of cars moving in a synchronous manner, where they're supposed to go, how they're supposed to go there. Have um, you seen those those animations on YouTube that show that? I haven't. It's Sounds insane. Like, like there's like a four-way there. intersection, and then cars are just flying through the four-way intersection, and like they're within like inches of hitting other cars, and that's possible because you have that like near zero latency communication between all the cars that are driving, mm-hmm. and you can do stuff like that. That's I mean those are that's a pretty cool area hope, of expertise. I, if that's I hope your it domain. Gets there, man. Yeah, it's advancing advancements and technology like that are really hard because like you have these major companies vying for this major market share and writing laws that give them the upper hand and politics. And there's some no name senator that's like on Apple's tit right now. He's trying to get up <laughs> in that car play. <laughs> so. I don't know, man. There's so much muck. But we don't have time to go into the – we're going to go into Thursdays. Um, but just know, get off of Facebook Messenger. If you're still using Facebook Messenger, I hope it's to talk to your Nana about very delicate things because <laughs> everyone and their mother knows Facebook Messenger is not where you just want to hang out. Just saying. There's malware on it. Stop using it. Um, Thursday. My turn. Let's read this article. And this is the last. So you're hearing this on Friday. And guess what? There's a bunch of news that's going to come out today. And we're calling that zero confirmation news. We can't either confirm. We can't confirm that it happened. It has zero confirmations. So you go get that news on your own. You hop in the Slack. Uh, You can find the Slack through the BitcoinPodcast.com, the BlockchainPodcast.com, and EtherealPodcast.com. Uh, we, 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 we hoard a lot of URLs, uh, so whatever, bitcoinpodcast.com, <laughs> press the button that says Slack, that's S-L-A-C-K, for those of you that can't spell, missed classes when you were younger, um, there's a sign up page, you go through that, you can join the Slack, and then you can tell us what happened today, you can tell us, 
And there's also going to be a link <laughs> to the database of um, all of the headlines. So just so you know, there were 250 plus articles this week that we combed through to find the three that we thought would be interesting for you guys. So if you go through that database and you're like, man, I wish they would have talked about this one. Well, you can wish that to yourself and you can just read about it on your own. So, um, <laughs> it's so mean, isn't it? So mean. Why are you so mean? You like abuse people who listen to us. <laughs> I'm a very rude man. Jeez. All right. So Thursday, first article written by C. Edward Kelso, my man. Back in the thousands, 4,000, 4.4 thousand views, eight comments. I just want to scroll down and see if any of them are racist real quick. Comments on the internet just go racist so fast. All right, we're good. We're good. No racism. C. Edward Kelso wrote, Telegram rakes in over 1.5 billion, with a B, that's beta, ditches the ICO for an open network and token. Interesting. That. That, yeah, I'm that thinking about? the same thing. I'm stroking the old goatee on that one. All right. Wow. Next article. Written by Samuel Haig. That's two weeks in a row, bro. You're making it. 2.8 thousand views, 26 comments. Zero racism in the comments. <laughs> Open Bazaar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why you're checking that. Dude, if you go to YouTube, it only it's like four scrolls with the mouse before you're like, oh, there's some racism there. Doesn't right. matter what you're watching. Right. Doesn't matter what it's about. It could yeah. be like a video of someone hammering a nail, but it's like a black person's hand. <laughs> and like, why is just it a like, white person or a yellow yeah, person? Like, it's just so much racism in the internet. Anyways, Open Bazaar co-founder expresses frustration over Bitcoin fees. BTC, not BCH. Bitcoin fees. Mm, we'll go into that. Fees, mm. fees, fees. The next article, written by Samuel Hyde again. I, I think I just kind of like this guy's writing and art at this point. It's just so, it just draws me in. Uh, May 2 found... I think I said that right. May May two founder announces May accumulation two. of ten thousand bitcoins in twenty eighteen. So I read another article about this. Uh, this guy, uh, his his name is Wang Fang, which seems a little bit like Wait, fighting gamey. Is it really Wang Fang? Yeah, like that's what it is. Oh yeah, it is. Wow. Wang Fang. Sorry, I'm saying Wang like an American. F- Wang Fang is not Fang. It's Fung, right? F E N G is Fung. It's pronounced I Fung. I do not know. Fung. So this is Wang Fung. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it still sounds funny. That's so that's bad. Up, man. Why that's am I laughing? <laughs> so Jesse is Asian, so I think he can say that. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm I'm part Chinese, so I guess I mean I guess I can laugh at that. Yeah, I'm not allowed to laugh, but I still will. That's a funny <laughs> ass name. <laughs> Sorry, guy. I know you have so much more. You have more money than my family's families in other universes will ever have. <laughs> um, but, yeah. 10,000 BTC. So at current prices, that's what? 9,000, three zeros, add on five. So five, eight zeros. So my man is eight zeros in the game. So, so he's got hundreds of millions of dollars right now. he's rich yeah that's a rich guy 
Mm. Wow. It's a rich guy. All right, so let's go back to, to Telegram. They strapped an ICO. Telegram, last year, they were like, you know what? We are going to raise $3 quadrillion and five moons worth of money in the largest <laughs> ICO that's ever existed. And people were like, why do you need moons? And they were like, why are you asking us those dumbass questions? And so... <laughs> God. <laughs> sorry, so, I'm sorry. I'm being ridiculous here. Let's talk about it. The Wall Street Journal reported that Telegram has raised $1.7 billion in anticipation of an initial coin offering. However, the company has instead decided to say, no, we're just going to beef up our popular messaging service and expand into tokenization. So, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no, no, no. I have a question. So, like, was there actually an ICO for Telegram? And did they just, like, completely take the money out of it? And all people who are holding this Telegram token, it's worthless right now? I think that's what's happening. Hold Are on. you serious? Hold up. Wait, Alvinia details they brought in so much money from a small group of private investors that it's calling off the planned sale of crypto to the wider investing public, and the company is effectively ditching its ICO plan. So, ba- oh my God, this is like they're this almost is worse too- than Charlie Lee saying like I'm gonna sell my Litecoin because of moral reasons. This is just like. All right, we've raised 1.7 billion. We're out. Like, this is this is gorgeous. I feel like no, no, we're, we must be interpreting this wrong. No, no, no. Let's keep reading. Yeah, it's an interesting time for Telegram to put it mildly. Recently, the encrypted messenger service celebrated gaining 200 million users. Almost immediately, the Russian government attempted to force it to provide user information. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Almost immediate. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> hey guys, good news. Two hundred million users. Who's that? Oh, KGB. KGB's at the door, guys. <laughs> okay. Um in an Pavel, to... Pavel Durov, yeah. He just said no. He flatly refused. Mm. Pulling lawyers from the determinative Moscow hearing. There's a lot going on with television. He's not worried that they're that Russia like Russian operatives are not gonna go just assassinate him. Mm. Like you don't say no to Putin, do you? I heard that you don't say no to poutine, which is a Canadian dish. It's French fries, French With fries, gravy. cheese, and cottage gravy, curds. Cottage cheese curds, yeah. Cheese curds and gravy. You don't say no to poutine. But Putin, <laughs> if there's an ocean in between, you can say no to him all day. <laughs> um, God. But he's not, he doesn't have an ocean. So this guy's got, this guy's got gall. Because he's just saying no to Putin. So, um, According to the journal, Wall Street, the company is expanding into digital payments platform to compete with the likes of Bitcoin Core. It will co- Oh, by the way, this is on Bitcoin.com. Uh, it will point a great deal of its new money in that direction. Tilting the effort, the Telegram Open Network, the network which will be built using blockchain ledger technology, can become a Visa MasterCard alternative for a new decentralized economy. The company noted in a 23-page description of its plans. Boo. God, everybody's trying to overthrow Visa, Visa and Mastercard. Like, Visa and Mastercard is just like, how can we implement blockchain so people stop trying to, yeah. trying to go to Bitcoin? It's just like you can't. Like, the, the cat's out of the bag. Like, we don't, yep. we don't want to use your services anymore. I think globally, Visa and Mastercard have basically tied nooses around their nuts. 
Um, <laughs> are they going to be like Blockbuster and Netflix? Like, is um, Bitcoin Netflix? I think they have so much money that they have the like Blockbuster was wealthy, but ultimately didn't have the kind of money to be nimble enough to to recover from the Netflix kidney punch. <laughs> kidney punch. But that's one I, hell of a kidney punch to just completely I cause mean, your bankruptcy in a company. Do yourself a favor and go on YouTube and search for body blow knockouts. Man, <laughs> like, okay, it's it's crucial when somebody gets hit in the chin, but when you see their whole body collapse when they get hit in that lower rib or that kidney, that's oof. a thing. Yeah, man, you punch somebody in the kidneys, it's a it's a wrap. <laughs> They're done. Like it is. It's not as glorious as like the the knockout to the chin where they can't like breathe right and <laughs> yeah they look kind of uh, like something's wrong with their their souls leaving their body. Uh-huh. But if you you catch somebody in the kidney, mm, <laughs> it's KO. But um, interesting. Uh, I've heard so, of kidney shot, but I didn't realize it could debilitate oh, yeah. you. It's it's a wrap. Like you oh, won't okay. be peeing well for at least another day. <laughs> or two. What? Okay. Um so uh there's not much to say about this. I mean, this is weird. It feels like the bane of crypto. Like Telegram now is the symbol of everything that was bad with crypto in 2017. We said we were going to do something, had no real plans, raised a bunch of money, and now we're having to make plans because we feel guilty about the fact that we raised this much money. So they're basically like, oh, yeah, crazy. We don't really need to do an ICO. We're just going to, I don't know, hire somebody that uses the work of Visa and see if we can kind of make payments and work through our app well now because we've been trying for a while. Facebook but I think, I think they're going to – I think they're actually – it's not even like an it's – an, it's not an apologetic – we're not gonna di- we're not gonna do the ICO and ditching it. They raised money from the ICO, they're ditching it, and now they're gonna try and do what Loom is doing and what a bunch of different networks actually it, it might even be like the Binance token is to Binance. And now they're gonna take money for people using their network. So it's like there is no there's no apology in here there's no mm. there's no sentiments of feeling bad for the consumer they've taken your money they are about to shaft you again like <laughs> if you're smart you would not use the network look at the look at the closing speculation besides the above is that the growing news there's that word again around icos and their pumpers from regulatory bodies around the world caused telegram to shift away this would also make a huge amount of business sense, as typical regulations would expose the likes of Mr. Durov to many more bureaucratic eyes. A private fundraising is just that, private. Mm. Mm. It was so damn shady. So Telegram operates so shady that they've just said, look, this is none of your business. This is none of your business. This is private situation. Oh, I don't like this at all. That Telegram ICO is nasty. Last article. Oh, sorry. Second to last article. We kind of talked about the third one. Rich guy buys Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, Open Bazaar co-founder expresses the frustration. So um, Washington Sanchez, amazing name. He's blasting Bitcoin. (laughs) My name is Washington Sanchez. Like... 
He's going to be in the next Kingsman movie. He could run for president with that name. Yeah, he can. (laughs) (laughs) The name's Washington Sanchez, and I'm here to run shit. Like, just he's got a cigar, and he's like... Okay, anyways. So since 2014, Open Bazaar has primarily facilitated payments on its platform uh, using Bitcoin. If you don't know what Open Bazaar is, think decentralized eBay, and actually is decentralized and actually works like eBay. Um... (laughs) It has expressed frustration with the fees associated with BTC payments uh, because, of course, BTC's fees are highly variable, highly variant and uh, sometimes just large. Uh, he says, Mr. S- Mr. Sanchez, I personally wasted so much time in the Bitcoin scaling civil war that I could have used design and built apps opening up OpenZar to multiple currencies. Instead, we had to wait for fees to cripple any consumer usage before we woke up. Why do you think he's like a a southern person? <laughs> uh, my grandma used to watch a lot of westerns, and I had to watch them vis-a-vis. And just like, you know, they were so badass. Like those But dudes. Sanchez, the last name Sanchez sounds Hispanic. Well, Hispanic people like cowboy, like southern gear. <laughs> I mean, I guess. If they're from the... You sure right. need to go on YouTube and look up pointy boots. <laughs> you need to look up Mexican pointy boots. And you need to say, Mexican thank you, D, boots. for blessing me with this. This is the most glorious thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh, God. All right. I'm Man, actually I worked on the... Look, you guys could call me racist. I worked on the border for a while, and I will go into Mexico. Oh, my God. That's a thing. I know things, Jesse. I know things. Mexican <laughs> pointy boots that? are a thing. Yeah, bro. Dude, You're welcome. What is that? You're welcome. Sorry, we can't go into that audience. When you get home, YouTube Mexican pointy boots. You're welcome. <laughs> um, the moral Mexican of the story. Mexican pointy boots. The the I moral wonder. of the story is um. <laughs> now I'm stuck on Mexican <laughs> pointy boots. The Dude, moral... these are so pretty. <laughs> We've got to continue this show. All right, can, sorry, can, sorry, you sorry, can sorry. Further the research. <laughs> <later>. <laughs> The moral of the story is Open Bazaar is going to now open up um, op- different cryptocurrency options most likely are going to be built into the platform. Um, I think this is a case of maximalism, not allowing them to be nimble. Um, we've interviewed um, Brian Hoffman. Uh, he is, uh, I think, the CTO of Open Bazaar. I'm not too sure. He's, he's an upper up. And... Um, I think they just kind of got stuck in the in the shoebox of like Bitcoin is all there is and all there ever will be when obviously the reality has proven different. So it's kind of I I for one have OpenZar. We um we love the platform. It it was just hard to use when Bitcoin's fees went up. So hey, they're pivoting. Uh the world's changing. So that's it, man. We made it through another week of just the headers. There you this, go. We got to find a way to cut this show down. It's very long. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry for you guys listening, but this is just three headlines from each day. Like, there's maybe so we much do news. one headline from each day. Do we need to cut it down? Maybe we do one or two, and then just post the link to the database. I don't know, but anyways, thank you guys uh, for listening. Well, it's not that long. It's just a little bit over an hour. We did, I think we did I okay. think an hour is good. Honestly, yeah, like, good. Yeah. I like hour-long podcasts. 
So if you'd like to communicate with Jesse or I, you can join the Slack. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, thank you for tuning in to all our other shows this week. Uh, we had Hashing It Out met the, the uh, network feed, so that was good. Um, we had, um, of course, the Bitcoin podcast came out on Sunday. Uh, we've got a little bit of a hiatus for Buy or Sell What the Hell. Um, thank you for listening and tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoy the news. Jesse, what do you have? I appreciate all you people who are listening to our second episode. And I hope that uh, with your criticism, if you join the Slack, we can grow to be, you know, better readers of the news for you guys. And maybe maybe you'll join the Slack and just, just chill with us someday. Yeah, we have fun. We have a good time. Work weeks are quick in the old Bitcoin <laughs> podcast Slack. I'll tell you that much. Um, well, uh, that's a wrap. Jesse and I just want to thank you for tuning in to Just the Header. It's our headline news show. There's so much happening in crypto that we would only imagine that you miss out on a lot, as do we. We try to keep up for you guys, but it's a lot. So if you have any news tips you want us to know, join the Slack, hit us up, and we'll try our best to fit it into the headline news show, Just the Header. Remember, Send in the news, just the tips.